listening to 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. On this week's episode, we talk about how John drives now and how 1994 might have been the best year in music in recent memory. We talk about uh, the history of the song Everlang, Everlong, Everlong by the Foo Fighters. Uh, we talk about Apple is looking at your porn, maybe. We talk about Death from Above 1979, The Fear Street Trilogy, Army of the Dead, and AEW Wrestling. If you enjoy 90s, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash 9to5cc. Subscribe to the 90s Deluxe level and get extra episodes of 90s called 90s Garbage Time. On this week's episode, we talk more about wrestling. Uh, so if you want to support us, head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and you can do so there. Otherwise, just share the show, tell your friends about the show. We love recording it for you and hope you love listening to it. Bye! Happen like a van. It's not yes, everybody. This is super weird because it feels like we just did this, but we just did this about the Fantasia episodes that mm-hmm. are, if I believe this comes out on Thursday, which means they're out now. So go to 95.cc and check uh, the Fantasia podcast that we did. I think is an important plug. But the thing that makes 90s special is that we get to be a little more narcissistic. So I have a fun guessing game for you guys here. Oh, check check it off the game, baby. So you might recall that as a big boy now able to drive, uh, I got to drive all the way to Ottawa, long ass drive. On the drive, I picked on... Uh, no, 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 it isn't. But Debbie's family is actually way on the other side of Ottawa, so it was four four hours there and back. Like four hours on. there. Four How hours is back. Pembroke further than Pembroke? Mm, I'm actually not e- sure where that is. But... Pembroke is west of Ottawa. Okay. Well, anyway, it's an hour and a half yeah. west of Ottawa. So. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's not that far. It's not that far. I get it. I get it. But um, I got to I got to put on music and drive and mm-hmm. fulfill a youthful fantasy to listen to a particular album and to speed on the road. Uh, I mean, drive at the exact speed limit uh-huh. all the way from Ottawa to Ottawa. Isn't there like ludicrous mode on a Tesla? There ludicrous is, mode. but we were sadly not rocking the Tesla. We were, we were in a Camino tow. <laughs> Would have been much nicer to roll the Tesla. But um, mm-hmm. okay, so this is the guessing game. The album gonna, are... was Youthful Fantasy to speed while, while listening to this album. Uh-huh. The album, I'll give you the year, was 1994. Mm-hmm. It had it had good energy. I can give you other clues if you want, so, but maybe okay, you can think on, about on, good on, driving on, music. Pump, pump it down. But slow, slow it down. Slow it down with the clues. Okay. Wait, you have a... I have a first guess. Yeah. First guess. Yeah, I'm going to swing for the fences here. Uh, Dazed and Confused soundtrack. Nope. It was not a soundtrack. I'll give you that. It was an album all okay. from the same artist. Album from the same artist. Star on it. I thought that would good, be good. Good driving music. Pretty sure Lowriders on that too. Good yeah. ass driving music. Sweet emotion. Good ass driving music. Fuck Aerosmith. Okay. Um, all right. So question: the entire album is good driving music, or is or is there like a standout track? Like, is um, it... the entire album is good driving music, and there is a good driving standout track. However, if having having re-listened to it, and the reason that I'm bringing this up is this album is not that often on the list of like best albums of the 90s, but having just listened to it and going like the first seven tracks on the album, every one of them is a fucking banger. And I, I think now this is like one of my favorite albums of the 90s. I remember loving it back then, and I just kind of forgot about it as I, as I got older. Is it the Blue Album? No, we... it is not the Blue Album. That's but not that, one, that, that That's one not is a great. magnificent album it's that is a great, great album it's not a great yeah. driving album though pretty good but it's it doesn't good it, driving album. it doesn't maintain the energy that this album maintains this album is front to back crazy good energy hmm uh is, is the genre like 
rock or or is it electronic? Or it is like indeed what? rock. I'm not going to say the exact genre because it would give it away. However, what what uh, what I recognized on this re-listen is that it deviates with its core genre, but then it like tiptoes into other genres with each of its songs in a, in like I think probably a very purposeful way. So it's like a little bit of a combo of the primary genre, and then it goes into grunge, it goes into punk, it goes into emo, it goes into just like a little bit here and there. Hmm. Uh, is, the band, is the is the band American? It is, and they're still around. It is, and they're still around. That's right. Mm-hmm. Not, is not it, really still around. But is it smashed by Offspring? It's smashed by the Offspring. Oh uh, man, that was a good fucking pickup. And it, here, guys, here's the thing, man. You know what? I should have picked it up because it does feature on the stupid Fear Street soundtrack, <laughs> which takes place in 1994. Yeah, because so 1994, I remember very clearly three albums mm-hmm. that came out in 1994, and it was uh, like and and sort of was almost like they they were a gateway into informing a lot of my music sensibilities, or at least mm-hmm. non-electronic music sensibilities. And it was because this is the 1994. I was this is grade six, so this is where you're like, I'm becoming a man. Or whatever. And like the coolest music that you could listen to in grade six were these three albums, 1994, for me anyway. I know you guys are a bit older. It was Green Day Dookie, Loser We Out, Loser, Loser, Loser We Album, you know, Weezer Blue Album, and Offspring Smash. We're all. No, you forgot Ill Communication. Not in my school. We were in the suburbs. I'm not saying there were so many good albums. I'm looking at the list right now. Holy shit, it's a good record. Good year for I'm not saying that those are the only good albums that came out in 1994. I'm saying those are like the three albums that like you had to own and listen to on repeat in my like grade six class. Like if you were cool, those were the like, Hey, put on Dookie. Hey, put on blue album. Hey, put on smash. Like that Mm -hmm. was like, I pulled up a list of what came out in 94. Listen to this. Green day Dookie ready to die. The uh, notorious B I G the downward spiral by nine inch nails. Super unknown by Soundgarden. Yeah. Definitely Maybe by Oasis, Unplugged in New York Nirvana, The Blue Album by Weezer, Ill Communication by The Beastie Boys, Park Life by Blur, Dummy, Portishead, Smash, Offspring, Mellow Gold, Beck, uh, Monster, Was, um, R.E.M. Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Melancholy, that, did you say that? No. Is that this not, year? No, it's 95. That's next year. Um, <laughs> Jar of Flies by Alice in Chains. You say No Need to Argue by Cranberries? No need to argue by the cranberries. Like that's a really good record. Yeah, Tori Amos annoying. under the pink. That's not a really good record. That's uh, depends on it where was you pretty are. Pretty good, yeah. Uh, I was into that. Oh man, even but like this, this year was so good for music that like uh, Sleeps with Angels came out. Like Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Like that, that's a good <laughs> Neil Young album. Like this isn't just all modern shit. Like even like. That was also the last, uh, the last Pink Floyd album, or the, right? Yeah, it was also Division, Bell. Division yeah, Bell. Not, not my favorite, but you okay. know, exactly. That's it. Like Pink, yeah. like we're like listening, like Smashing Pumpkins and Green Day and all that stuff. But you're like <laughs> Neil Young and Pink Floyd had like notable releases. American oh, Bad Religion, Five. Stranger Than Fiction, also. Oh, that's ah, a good that's one. Oh, that's a really good record. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, American Thighs by Veruca Salt. Uh, Rollins Band released their first album, Wait. Oh, uh, Rancid, let's go. His and Hers, Pulp. That's a really good one. And then there were the down points of, you know, Corn released Corn. Fuck off, man. Corn did a lot of bad things <laughs> later. That Corn's self-titled album was pretty good. Uh, T-Cal by Method Man, Regulate by Warren G, uh, Purple Stone Temple Pilots. Like, fuck. Oh, yeah. Man, That's if I have to pick yep. one year for music, I'm picking 94. That'd be good. Speaking Ilmatic, of... Uh, Ilmatic by Nas came out then. Anyway, I that's all I wanted to say. Uh, I fucking had so much fun driving to Bad Habit and Genocide and come out and play and self-esteem. I, can't, I couldn't believe how many great front-to-back songs there were on there. Gotta get away. You think, delight. Yep. You think Gotta get you away. Had, I love that song. I know. I was saying, would you also miss the opportunity to... Uh, Listen to Ignition because, you know, the car thing. I mean, I know. But come on, man. Bad Habit? That yeah, is It's yeah. like the driving song. <laughs> and yet, and I, I also tend to agree with you. Like both both Smash and Ixnay 
had mm-hmm. were like smarter, at least like lyrically, than they had to be. Yep. You know, like like you're like, oh, they're yeah. like kind of talking about some like real stuff here in a like wasn't isn't Dexter a like a like, rocket scientist? Something like that, yeah. He's like he's a, a he's a geneticist or something on the side. A P, like yeah, a he's PhD. like a biochemical geneticist with a PhD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And apparently they're really cool. Yeah, they're like they uh, the Bcast opened for them a couple of years ago. No shit. And wow, yeah, wow, wow. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, the Bcast have opened for open for Offspring, open for No Effects. Like they were, <laughs> then they were like, no, I'd rather not do this punk rock thing, and then just stopped. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, they were like on the ups. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and the um, offspring apparently like like sat down. We're like we're chilling with them in the green room, whatever, and like watched their set and stuff. And we're like, you guys are super cool. Like you guys are exactly the guys like that we would hang out with when we were because like they're like fifty at this point or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, like they're like 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 not let's and like and that was apparently also kind of refreshing was that they were like, yeah, you're the guys we would hang out with, but like you know like we're older now, so we're going on the bus. Have a good night. You know, like as opposed to being like, you know, like let's party forever. We're punk rock, never dies or whatever. Yeah. Like they were, they appeared to be like very aware of the fact that they're like older offspring dudes. Honestly, like, good for them. Yeah, know? exactly. It would be like so depressing if you were like offspring's like, who wants to get wasted? And you're like, oh, you're oh. old enough to be my dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are we hanging out with? Like, it's fun. It was like fun to have a beer and chat with them in the green room. Like. 2 or 3 a.m. with the, with offspring like doing glow or whatever like yeah. you're like oh this is real sad. Uh I think I could handle 1994 uh being the uh the main music year. Mm-hmm. I could I could live without those records that we listed off be fine for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say I was like color in the shape was 95 no it was 97. It was, it was mm. much later. But, but the subtitled? Like, no, no, no. They were putting out the live album. The subtitled was ninety-five. The, the Foo Fighters self-titled? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I actually probably. prefer that one. Going back to it now, than Color in the Shape. Color in the Shape's highs are probably higher. Like Everlong is incredible, but I think Ooh. there's like fewer, and fewer banging tracks. Right I like a lot of the Color in the Shape, dude. Like Monkey Ranch, Hey Johnny Park, uh, obviously Everlong, yeah. My Hero. Uh, my the poor energy brain is more consistent good. in the self-titled, and the yeah, and the, like, the, ener- anger the energy is, is raw. Yeah, yeah, the energy is way higher on the self-titled. The self-titled is the one that I own on vinyl. I don't own color in the shape, so yeah. there is truth there that it is a bigger, like it's a easier album to put on start to finish if you want like a rock, like it's yeah. all rock yeah. nonstop, and color in the shape kind of goes everywhere. Um, yeah. Speaking of it, uh, color and the shape. Uh, have you heard the um, Louise Post uh, talking about her singing on Everlong? Louise Post from Veruca Salt. Scott mentioned Veruca Salt earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, no, I have not. So what? she sang on Everlong. Yes, and once you hear it, you will never not hear it. You're like, oh crap! There's a lady's vocals all the time, like throughout the entire chorus, there's a lady singing the chorus at the, like, and she recorded, he, they were dating at the time. She, Dave left his wife or whatever for, uh, Louise post. And it was a very like crazy romance. Everlong is like 100% about her. The, <laughs> um, it's her voice that he was recording on the phone. Cause he like literally was calling her up to like play her demos as the recording process was it. And then was like, sing just it. sing along. Yeah, just just sing along wow. with it, which is crazy. And as soon as you hear, you can listen to her isolated vocals. And first of all, as soon as you listen to the isolated vocals, you're like, oh, 100, this is the singer from Baruch Salt. Like it's like <laughs> you're like, how have I not noticed it? And now when you go back and listen to Everlong, you will always hear her voices on uh, her voice on the chorus. Like it's like it's really. I was like, I always just thought it was like his layers of his voice with like a filter yeah. or whatever but you're yeah, like no there's a lady on uh, there's a lady on everlong it's louise post from Bruca Salt. also the original the um, the kind of like uh incomprehensible uh mumbling yeah. mumbling as a phone call the original placeholder for that part was on one of those weird late night calls where they were working in the studio whatever she like picked up the phone and like was like you know how you kind of like remember a dream right in that moment where you wake up 
she was like telling him about a dream that she was like in the middle of. And that was actually like what was there. But then he decided that A, it was kind of like overly personal and weird and B, like she was fine with it, but like, but he really liked the phone aesthetic. So that's why he then recorded himself on the phone reading. And again, kind of incomprehensible. You can, you can hear bits and pieces of it, uh, reading an actual love letter that he wrote to her. Hmm. So yeah, and she's like, apparently she's like, yeah, I could tell you exactly what that says. I have that letter. I don't know if I'm like ready for that though. Like they, it was apparently a real messy breakup and they were like, we're okay now, but this was still like a, uh, like they're like for a while, the song was like not a thing I could listen to or whatever, because wow. like it, it, it was like, I mean, kind of inarguably, like certainly one of the, like one of the best love songs of a very long time. And like sure. for to know that it's about you, but to know that that relationship also did not work out, like that's got to be hard to listen to. And like, and your vocals are on it. And he, it's a love, like the incomprehensible mumbly phone part is a love letter that he wrote to you. And like, and you had a terrible breakup. Like, I think he ended up like cheating on her with, oh yeah, he cheated on her with Winona Ryder. That was <laughs> the thing. And I mean, can't how, how blame did you hear Dave Grohl. Where was this from? Uh, this was like an interview that she did. Uh, yeah. Like she with did an interview. Yeah, enemy. enemy. Like, yeah, like a couple weeks ago. And then that like sent me down a, a Googling all of the other times this like stuff has like popped up in other interviews over the last like literally at this point. 25 years. 25 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 97. So Color in the Shape turns 25 next year but yeah hmm. yeah yeah that's it it's it's like and she's just uncredited vocals on the track and yeah if you go to i think you can if you youtube uh like maybe like louise post isolated vocals ever long or whatever you can hear just her vocals and you're like oh crap it's there and then you listen to the song and you're like I've listened to that song a thousand times i'm a, a kind of surprised i didn't like i always like you said i always thought that it was layered and distorted a little bit, hit just his voice. Yeah, that's it. It's yeah. like when you hear the isolated vocals, it's, it's very clear. And then when you go back and listen to the song, you're like, oh yeah, there it is. And and like I said, and it's plain as day that it's the singer from Veruca Salt, if you know Veruca Salt. Like, yeah. like that, that, you know, like that 90s rock girl voice. It's yep. like, yep, that's her. There it is. <laughs> it's right there. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's fun times. And so, how was it? Did you feel uh, like a sucker with no self esteem? I did, and in fact, all, like my fantasy was perfectly fulfilled. It was a it was a magical drive. I was so happy the whole time. And like, were were you when you like looked over at your son and you were like, yes. I mean, I don't know if that was in the <laughs> fantasy, but you know what? It was all right. <laughs> Sitting in the bed, lying wide awake. I don't know. That was that was this was off demons of, in your uh, head. It's more than you can take. There's a lot more teen angst in there than I than I'm currently living. You know, Ooh, it was yeah. it was a little oh, bit yeah. of dipping dipping my toes into a previously loved lived world. What was the uh, that the, the song that like who was 16 when this album came out? This guy. <laughs> did, did that album get played an awful lot? Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. What is the um. The, the the kids aren't all right off of Americana. I think mm-hmm. that was like officially the offspring jumping the shark moment. That was the it was thing. Like, they, it was yeah. like they were trying to like capture the angst of like Ixnay and Smash or whatever. And it was just like, oh, this is so dumb. Here we go. Oh, That's right the same record that has pretty fly for a white guy though, right? Like, well, yeah, exactly. They're already making goofier music. I think they went too goofy. And then you had, I, they lost me completely when they when they made those songs. Jay committed suicide. Whoa, Brandon O'Dean died. Whoa, what the hell is going on? <laughs> the cruelest dream, reality. <laughs> You're like, oh no, like wherever, like whatever genuine, like angsty shit you had going on in the first like three four albums. Now you're just like trying to like bottle it up like aerosol or something. And then also you have Pretty Fly for a White Guy, which is like a total joke song. And uh, and yeah. Why and don't you get a job is on that record too. Ugh. Yeah, Gross. Like but yeah, I like Gig's Night a lot too. Like they said it was and what was the first one? I guess the first one was maybe self titled. I want to say. Mm, it's actually uh, Smash is actually their third album. I don't. I'm, I'm not super familiar. Ignition with is two, and I don't know what yeah. came. I, I really didn't listen to 
whatever that yeah. came came out first because I guess it came out when I was like six years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's it. Like when when Smash came out, like the connoisseurs, the grade six connoisseurs, like also listened to Ignition. You're like, I know right. the early stuff from 1992. <laughs> you know, I stole it out of my older brother's cassette box. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It was like, a, yeah, if you listen to uh, Dookie, you were like, I also know Kerplunk. <laughs> and then, then you're like, what a, what, a, what a music genius you are at 12, <laughs> if you know the albums that Offspring and Green Day brought out prior to the ones everyone was listening to. Awesome. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, those are, that's good driving tunes. I would say the other thing that I, if, if to this day, in terms of single track, if you're like just driving and a single track that you have to like pick to drive to, uh, 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins is kind of like somehow <laughs> unbeatable as just a driving around song. A, because they're driving around in the music video. So, and B, it gives you such like, yeah, the music video is just them in a car. Yeah, so like, if you go into the Dippiner and they, they yeah, smash they, the dap, they jump in the pool, they go to a house party, they throw all the driving around. In the pool. But they, they go car, they drive to each Well, that's how they link the scenes together, yes. By, yeah, by exactly. So it's like, together. it's a very, like, as a kid that, like, just drove around and went from, like, maybe not, like, trashing places, but from, like, house to house, party to party, whatever else like that in the suburbs, that music video is, like, the best. And then listening to the song while driving around, I'm still, like, I'm like, yeah, I want to drive around. I think yeah. I'd have to think about it. I haven't been driving long enough to have a favorite driving driving song. Rock and roll racing soundtrack. Any song that they use for rock and roll racing. So, <laughs> theme to Peter Gunn, Highway Star, War Pigs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, South Side by Moby is probably a very, very good driving song. Did it's you know he is actually the great great grandson of Herman Melville? Yes, I heard that. Yeah. Did you know that he also was super inappropriate to Natalie Portman when she was like way underage? Ooh, yep. we talked oh, about yeah. that on the show. Yeah, it's real sad. <laughs> Apparently, like, came to nothing and, and, and stayed at creeper status, but, like, real creeper. Yeah. Like, like you, you, I mean, he watched, like, Leon the Professional and was like, what if I was Leon the Professional? You and... know, we talked about this when the Drake story broke, where he was, like, <laughs> being creepy to other young rappers and pop stars and, and stuff. And, and also 13, wasn't he? Eleven? Eleven. No, no, no. He was like with Billie Eilish and was texting her and stuff and stuff like that. I think it was Billie Eilish. I'm not I don't remember. Oh, there we go. Perfect, perfect segue. So the um we're talking about uh creeping creeping on children. Okay. So here's oh. here's the number. The year is twenty twenty. Facebook, okay, we don't like Facebook. They so it it's the law in America, if you observe child sexual abuse material, you are obligated to report it. Okay. Okay. So Facebook does a lot of looking at people's photos. How mm-hmm. many photos did they report in the year 2020? No. I'm guessing real low. Okay. Incorrect. The answer is 20.3 million. Okay. Okay. So okay. how do you get pictures onto Facebook? Okay. You take, you take with a an account with, with a camera. The camera is probably on your phone. These days, virtually everybody's cameras are on their phones. Right. So mm-hmm. now Apple. Apple is also obligated to follow these laws. In the year mm-hmm. 2020, how many child sexual abuse material photographs did Apple report to the government? I'm going to guess fewer than 20 million. Well, hold on. Maybe not because – Or maybe you more. Think, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You would think that every – they wouldn't – they wouldn't, they wouldn't all upload get them. uploaded to Facebook. Yeah, Some of them are and just you would, you would think that someone would think that they would be like, you know, being like prudent by not by uploading them, them but them. they're on the iCloud or whatever right. the hell it is. So like, what's the number from, from Apple? Any guesses? I'm going to go 20.3 million for, uh, for Facebook. What is the number for Apple? I'm going to, I'm going to go over. I'm okay. going to take the over. I'm going to go under, under 5% of that 20 million. Okay, Scott's a lot closer. The actual answer is 265. Wow. 265. So the reason these numbers are are in the news this week is last week, Apple announced they are going to scan everybody's photos on your iCloud account and on your phones Mm. 
for for child porn. The way that they're going to do this is that it's they nice are, that they announce that. You know, just be like, hey, everybody, fair play, everyone. This is about to child happen. porn. It's about time to take it off. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. The, the, but the way that they're supposedly going to do this is they're going to send hashes of photos. So like not the actual d- photos themselves, but like a numerical representation of some part of the of the image to your phone. And then your phone is going to compare the images on your phone with the hashes. And then if it if it gets a hit, it gets a certain number of hits that, that the, the pictures match these codes, then they trigger an investigation and they trigger the reporting to the government. So naturally, the tech world is flipping their lids because in America, these hashes, okay, fine, they're child porn. It's it's important we fight against that. And, you know, it, honestly, maybe it's for the better that, that there's a big spooky AI scanning your phone for child porn. But that's in America. There are other countries where those hashes that are being scanned against could be a, a photo of Tiananmen Square or a photo of, of uh, a, like a competitor to the current dictatorial government. Yeah, the, 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 te- the, te- the tech is quite easy to politicize. Once it's like, there, you just have to send off a couple of different hashes to scan against, and now all hmm. of a sudden it's happening. And we know Apple is willing to play ball with these kinds of things because for every Apple user in China, they, they give access to the user's iCloud account to the government. Mm-hmm. Just the just yeah. the cost of doing business in in China. Yeah. Wow. 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 Yep. So so wow. like some people are arguing and saying like no this is probably a good thing. Some people are saying this is like one more step on the road to dystopian hellscape where everything you do ever is scanned and recorded by the government. And mm-hmm. Apple is like of of the big companies. Apple has actually proven themselves time and time again to be the most trustworthy of them. You know, the, the, they were, they had, they, the FBI was demanding that they let them into somebody's uh, phone at one point, and Apple literally didn't have the tools or capability of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah their security is, is good, and that's also one of the, I guess, costs, benefits, costs associated with it, is because they have, like, their, they lock down all their code, right? Like, and that's yeah. how they can... Generally, be safer is because they have way less like entrance points into their into all of their software. Yeah. Like, so just so. just for completion, because we're talking about this, you want to guess how many Google made in 2020? Google, who certainly does scan your phone, everything that's on Google's Drive. Uh, yeah. Probably very little. Very little. Five hundred and forty-seven thousand. Better than yeah. Apple, they because they're they're doing way more scanning than than. Uh, than Apple is, but they are not at the level of Facebook. Looking at every photo with with a fine tooth comb. Yeah, that's crazy that Facebook is that high. But I guess at the same time, Facebook is your publishing. Media. Yeah, it's it's your like yeah. this could be looked at by other people, right? Like so there, I think they're hit with laws for like uh, takedowns for copyrighted material and stuff. So they're already yeah, yeah. scanning stuff. I think they're yeah. scanning more aggressively. It's like that's oh, the yeah, whole for, yeah. for sure. There 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 there's all sorts of stuff that even gets like auto flagged or whatever like uh like 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 what is it like there's entire Facebook groups of your like banned photos of fruits on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that look like butts. Yeah. yeah, like butts and whatever and it's just like yeah. it's stuff that has like they've posted it, it gets flagged, then they like appeal it and then they're like, "Oh yeah, this is fruit." It's like the AI just like catches it, which that's terrifying to me, I think. Also about like that, this. That robots can't tell the difference between your butt and fruit. Right. How many people yeah, well, are going to get accused of child porn because because they posted a picture of a fruit? No, think and, further in the future. What's going to happen when Ultron takes over and comes after your lunch? <laughs> <laughs> Busts in and steals a bowl of fruit. And he's like, if you ever want to see this bowl of fruit again. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, like to me, I was like, ah, I don't know if like, A, yeah, the tech exists. And it is like a, the, the child porn part of it is obviously a good initiative. The, the the big brother watching you implications are kind of terrifying. But then there's also the like, yeah, if it gets wrong, that's like a lot to unpack and deal with. If you're like, oh, yeah, I need to now like deal with Apple or whatever and say this is a picture of like on your on your own personal device, a picture of your of age wife. Is now been looked at and is now the subject of an investigation. Mm hmm. And you need to deal with that somehow to be like, no, this is my wife. And now never, to, never mind. Pictures now I'm talking to an Apple employee. That's, 
right? What, yeah, exactly. It, that's not or, porn. Forget, it's not sexual that. abuse material. Like sixteen-year-olds taking selfies for their significant others. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Your your two teenage kid sending selfies to some other kid because they're dating. Yeah, I, now like you're in jail. I don't yeah. know, man. I think it, it, you know when when Hobbs gets of age, I'm gonna like you got to have a very serious talk about this. Like there are consequences. You probably should not be taking naked pictures of yourself under any circumstances, mm-hmm. or like, receiving them, or receiving them. Yep. Guess what, though? When you get you to be twenty, probably will. You probably will, but you yeah. probably shouldn't it, it, be doing it. Dude, it, it's like again talking to some of my friends who are in their twenties. Yeah. They were like, "Oh yeah, you like." They were like, "I was like a responsible kid and never did like full nudes, but I like absolutely sent like tasteful like this is like, you know, I was responsible, but like yeah. tasteful semi nudes were still like, oh yeah, that's just like currency. Like you want to like, up, you're like sit up there texting twenty four hours with your boyfriend, then he's like." you know, send me something to like jerk off to or whatever. And you're like, yep. yay, I love him <laughs> or whatever. Like, it's not even like a skeezy thing. It's like a thing that like, yeah, teenagers having consensual sex is not a crime, but then them changing, changing photos gets tricky because where does it go and who's looking at it? And now it's a digital footprint of that. Like, and it'll never literally never disappear. Correct. I think that's the, I also think that, I mean, it's, it'll be really interesting, I think, because again, this, this, this person in their twenties was in their teens in the like mid, mid two thousands, where I think that we had a bit of ignorance, but by mm-hmm. the time like Hobbs or Archer or whatever have you, like they might know better. Cause I think there's already kids who are like, Oh yeah, I don't have Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like I don't do this or I don't do that. Like there's already like a, kids who are now teenagers who are like, Absolutely not. Like even uh, like a lot of people, like a lot of bars or whatever, not officially, but like a lot of bars and stuff, apparently downtown, they're like, yeah, there's a kind of an unofficial like phones in your pocket policy here. Hmm. You know, like, like you, you, stuff. you yeah. check, you can check your phone, but like, no, don't take pictures and whatever. Like, cause you're Does just taking pictures of drunk people. That is very good <laughs> that they, we don't have a photographic record of that. You know, many, many stupid mistakes. That mm-hmm. would have been documented forever. I'm delighted that <laughs> all that stuff is going to be forgotten. Right. Let that be a lesson to all of you. Don't take yeah. photos of stupid shit. Yeah. I, don't, uh, I don't know. I saw an interview with Mick Jagger in the 70s where NBC was interviewing him. And someone walked by with a tray of pills and he just popped a couple. <laughs> the reporter was like, what was that? He was like, Vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> Vitamins to help me come down after the show. Oh, yeah. Man, Sarah and I were talking about um, the missed opportunity of uh, the Death from Above documentary. Yeah, it was a little uh, safe and boring. Because it was made by Sebastian's wife. And they're, like, just pretending that they're drinking energy drinks. And that's what's keeping them up on the road. And there's, like, footage of their party bus in, like, like, Sebastian just like huddled in the corner around a thing while there's a bunch of people partying on the bus with like lights going off and they're just sort of like just energy drinks and booze. And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what's going on here. Why do you why did you guys have the the elephant trunk noses on the photo? Because we liked elephants. Uh, and it's lucky. Elephants are into themselves. <laughs> I was like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Uh, and no joke, vodka red balls will fuck you up. That is true. Did either of you guys uh, give give us all a listen to Is for Lovers, the, the I did. fourth Death from Above album? That was definitely a Death from Above album. Yeah, I don't know what to do like, with that information. It's like the problem is it like it's their sound, but like a just a touch bland, you know? It's just But also it I also more sophisticated though. Like Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I mean like I, I found especially Outrageous Now and then especially on Is for Lovers, like yeah. The the layering of like their their stuff is much better. Whereas like when you're listening to like uh your old man I'm a machine or like mm-hmm. get up, like it's just like one layer of bleeps, bass, drums, screaming. Like, you know, which is like is very cool and very raw, but like that those a lot of those tracks are probably like almost like one take tracks 
Whereas like this stuff is much more produced and there's a lot more layers of it. So it's like, there is, I think there's more complexity to it, but like you said, they're compensating like raw 20 year old anger and whatever into being like 40 year olds who actually know how a music studio works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but I good. like that raw That's... anger. I, 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 I like your woman. I'm a machine is one of my go-tos still. It's also a good driving album. Yes. <laughs> Next time. Uh, yeah, but I mean, but it's super. Like, it's weird though. Like the, the I guess yeah, it's been three albums since they got back together, uh, yeah. and like they're all good. And it's but a lot of people are like more of the same. But I'm like, but that's okay because like they've they've never failed. Like they've never yeah. brought out an album where I'm like, oh, this is bad. Like they've missed their mark on this. They never released Americana, is what right. I'm saying. Right. Like their their live shows are also fucking killer. Like they get yeah. the energy comes uh, in those in that venue, yeah, I guess. Yeah. They they always kick it up a notch live. Every time I've seen them, I've seen them live like once a year since they've gotten back together, and it's like and they have never not delivered. Yeah. So I'll I'll take it. Keep making music, Death from Above, 1979. If you're like, I will take an 80. 85% of Death from Above 1979 over 100% of a lot of other bands. Yeah. That's that's my my takeaway. Did uh, we watch it? That sound like I like it. What? Or see any? I, did we watch? Oh, go ahead. It sounds like it'll be totally up my alley because my favorite DFA songs are the ones that you guys both are like, yeah, they're softer. <laughs> well, but, th- but then there's also like very hip, some very, very heavy moments on. Uh, the it's for lovers that are like heavier in many ways than some of their other stuff. Cause they get into like almost like thrash kind of area where they usually <laughs> like the drums never, like you never usually hear like the, the, the double, double kick stuff. Like the like that's usually yeah. not part of death from above. But like that creeps in bits and pieces of like, oh, it's what for was lovers the song on, on the last album? The, the one about the boyfriend and the girlfriend taking off on the highway. Oh no, that's off of uh, that's off uh, that's Trainwreck 1979, and that's off of the Modern World. That's off of two albums ago. Trainwreck 1979? No, it yeah, wasn't she that. was on like... on a highway. No, that's not Towards the yellow line or towards the red line? Yeah, she drives all night long. Like, yeah, that's Trainwreck 1979. Guarantee you. You can look it up while you while you while yeah, this yeah. is happening. I'm very sure of it, and it's off of uh, this physical world, which was the physical world, the uh, which was their first album getting back together. <clears throat> oh no, you're right. It is not Trainwreck 1979, but uh, and he, he puts his foot down, yeah, down, down. Yeah, that's I believe still off of this physical world, but maybe it's off of Outrageous now. I don't know. Um, yeah, so what else is going on? <laughs> did we watch anything? Are there, are there I videos did. I to discuss? The, I watched the Fear Street trilogy on Ooh. Netflix. I saw it advertised there, and I didn't look at it. I, that's, I'm so sad that neither of you have watched this horror movie trilogy that was put out one week after the next on Netflix. I mean, is it old stuff or is it going on? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's – well, Fear Street is as a um, – uh, as an intellectual property has been around for Forever. a while. Yeah. Right. Like they were the books. They well, were the, the they were the, well, cause they were the, Oh yeah. Yeah. So they were the, like you graduated from goosebumps into fear <laughs> street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically so they took, like, like, so they took these books and made them an R rated horror movie. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, Teenager goosebump stuff, like yeah, yeah. But even, but even, but even, yeah, but even the Fear Street stuff had real kills and stuff. That was always like the big, like appeal when I was like reading them, where you're like, because in Goosebumps you're like, someone gets real scared, or like maybe turns into a a A doll or something, doll or whatever else like that. But like Fear Street, you're like, yo, Jessica died, what? And you're like, as a as a as a teenager, tween, or whatever reader, like Fear Street was always like serious business. Like mm. they were your, and then I think they were like a gateway into like real Stephen King stuff. <laughs> that was the that was the progression that you made in elementary school. And you're on to Stephen King by the time you're twelve. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. 
So yeah, so yeah. they took the Fear Street. God, the is name that... of the song is White is Red. Fucking White. Ah, that's, that's a good time. Oh, and the white is red. Which album is it off of? Oh, God damn it. Let me real. Uh, okay, talk, talk about Fear Street. Talk about Fear Street. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, you're like, hey, let's talk about Fear yeah, Street. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's just, it was bugging me in the back of my head as I was talking about the movies. So the great thing about the movies is they filmed them Lord of the Rings style. They did all three movies, one after the other. So there's a continuity in the cast. Mm-hmm. That, like they're not suddenly like older. Or like now this girl is playing Jennifer and she's also got to fight Jason. Like mm-hmm. it, it's the same cast. And, you know, there's a string of murders that happened in 1994 and some horrible stuff happens. They Great year the for guys. music. Great year for like, <laughs> man, can we go over some albums for 94? That'd be really good. No. Uh, and then they find out that this is a cyclical thing, kind of like it. Oh, so no. they talk to someone who survived the last round of crazy murders, which happened in 1978. And then they basically go back and do a whole 70s slasher movie. Hmm. And then they get a lot more information from putting all the stories together that they go back to the first time that this happened, like the start of the curse, which was in 1666 in kind of like Salem, Massachusetts kind of era, not quite pilgrims, like established American towns, but you know, farmers and pitchforks and stuff. And for the 1666 version, all of their ancestors are played by themselves. So it, like, you know, the, 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 the mayor is played by the preacher. And then like, so you have this automatic, oh yeah, that, that's that person's ancestor, you know, in different costume, but you, you kind of don't have to go and tell their story because you just recognize the actor. You're like, oh, that guy's a dick and that guy's part of their gang. They're all friends. You don't really need to spend time establishing them again. So you can dive right in. And and, cool. and get straight to their creepy stuff. And it was like popcorn. You just couldn't stop watching it. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Riss and I were both like, yeah, when can we watch the next one? Like, when can we watch the next one? Powered out all three in a week. It was good times. Recommend it a lot. And it's good in that also, like, Cabin in the Woods light esque where they're very aware of what they're referencing and what they're riffing on and what they're parodying at points Mm -hmm. without it being um making fun of it it's not scary movie they're just like yeah no this is the fun stuff this is the good stuff from those movies Mm -hmm. and we're 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 doing it like the 78 one all happens in a summer camp so you can easily go you know friday the 13th and sleepaway camp and uh, I mean, yeah, up to, up to the last five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. really, really liked it, and um, the soundtracks were great. And because it was all the same cast and it was all the same group working on these movies, a trilogy of horror movies that tie themselves together in a nice little bow was very satisfying. Hmm kind of unusual also yeah like horror yeah. movies horror movies either keep going and jump the shark or like there's always like some bad ones down the thing like a good horror trilogy like it's whoa. hard to find like three movies in a row that are, are good in any franchise in any in any given franchise it's, it's it's a rarity like good trilogies are rare but like a good horror trilogy i don't even know if like one does I mean, one exist the only one I can think of is Nightmare. One, two, and three are all pretty good. Yeah, but then they kept going. So but then they kept going. Yeah. Well, I think Fear Street and is two is also going. two is another film. Like it's yeah, it's... not quite a horror movie. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not Halloween two. So right. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, exactly. Halloween two, where it's not featuring Michael Myers. Right. Or yeah, exactly. That's it. Like Freddy shows up. Freddy has a bigger body count in two than in one. Yeah. Like there, there's a he kills like the whole party and stuff like yeah it's definitely a horror movie but like to say it's good like I think it has become historically relevant 
I don't know if it's a good in a bubble film. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to think of three good horror movies. And like even even I would say the only one that kind of was, but then they kept going with Scream. But because like Scream one, two, three were all all good. And then like Scream four was also pretty good. Like yeah. Scream Scream weirdly never got bad. Like as much as I think I think Scream takes a bad West, rap. West it was Cleveland four was great. that had the seven fake outs at the start, right? Yes. Yeah, that was so fucking good. Doesn't stop. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh my god. The I mean, West Craven, Wes Craven kept his hands on, yeah, on the wheel for all of those movies, though. He, he I'm, I'm not sure the last one. Stuff. I think the last one got away from him, and and consequently wasn't great. Well, I was, he didn't. He didn't have anything to do with the series, and the fifth one is not out yet. And the fifth one is not. Uh, he started working on it. And I think it might be based on his script. Uh, or whatever, but yeah, it's supposed to come out uh, early next year. I, I like the series. Season one was fun. Yeah, but it 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 lacked what it lacked was the 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 self referentialness of the Scream movies, where like it, it still had characters who were like, is this like a horror movie? And then like had to like you know like yeah. they kind of like had to figure it out. Whereas like the characters in Scream. Well, at least in the first one, know the rules. Like there's mm-hmm. like, and there's one guy who knows the rules. And then subsequent subsequent films, they all know the rules. And then they're like, how's he messing with the rules? Now he's it's oh, it's a sequel. Like you know, and like, and the characters are acknowledging what the killer is doing via the language of horror cinema. Like the yeah. the show never get never got like that meta and inside of itself. Like they're like, there's a podcast. <laughs> like that was like the show. The show was a fun little horror show. I, I also did not yeah. have a bad time watching the show. But it like it lacked a lot of the like what made Scream scream. Yeah. So and I, but that's what I'm saying. I'm 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 kind of interested in the fifth one to be like it'll have been at that point a whopping fourteen years between them. Wow. And it's gonna be like uh yeah, the last one was two thousand eight. Uh who in yeah, the cast and, is coming back? Like, I kind of hope nobody. <laughs> like, I don't know. But, I wouldn't mind seeing Dove Campbell again. She hasn't done anything for 14 years. Is she, is she not dead? I don't know who <laughs> I don't know who makes it out of the fourth one. I think it's just like maybe Courtney Cox and Officer Dewey. Lee Schreiber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, or if they're in there, it's like as a cameo. Like, if they're not central yeah. to it and like, it has to be like kids who are like it, ha- like it obviously has to be a copycat murderer right at this point like that's the that has to be the setup i'm not even haven't even read anything about it but it, it has to be someone who like watched the scream murders happen and now it's a copycat because they already kind of did that on the floor but then it wasn't no so, no no it, it's got to be finally supernatural matthew lillard comes back from the dead and, and is haunting them <laughs> oh man my mom and dad are going to kill me and you <laughs> What about uh, the Of the Dead sequel? Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead were all pretty good. But doesn't George A. Romero did Land of the Dead and also kind of screwed it up? True. But it doesn't have a day in it. Too bad. Yeah. It doesn't have a day in it. So this is an interesting question. <clears throat> so the Of the Dead, the Snyderverse of the Dead series, mm-hmm. right? I was mm-hmm. like. Yeah, but like you eye roll, but I'm like, he did the remake of Dawn of the Dead, and then he did Army of the Dead. In Snyder's head, is it his own? Is Army of the Dead related to Dawn of the Dead? No, definitely you don't not. Don't think in no. his own head. No, no it can't be Army of the Dead. Did you guys watch it? Yes. No. Okay, no. Can I give away the twist, Scott? Are you yes. likely to watch it? Okay, so the twist. I, is I think I watched aliens. the pitch meeting. Right? It's aliens at the end. Well, right, but but in Dawn of the Dead, we don't know anything about it. It's just zombies. There's no reveal on what the zombies are. I guess that's true. It could have been aliens there, too. So, yep. boy, we I, didn't I'm see them glowing, less... glowing blue eyes. It's, yeah. We got robot, robot zombies, glowing blue eyes zombies, like on the pitch meeting. Wait, glowing yeah. back. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Does that come back? Do we talk about that? No, we don't. No. Oh, I yeah, kind of actually... liked that that as a shtick. I, it worked for me. Like it, it, it was an explanation for it that uh, you could sort of buy. It didn't involve supernatural nonsense. 
okay, if they're aliens, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't necessarily say they're aliens so much as it was like an alien delivered virus of some kind, right? Like, it. I kind of got the impression that the the aliens were delivering the in, the infection or the zombies to take over the world. Like that was the whole point of it. There was like one king alien who was orchestrating the whole thing. Well, king like of the zombies. Well, yeah. but or or was it like I got the impression that it was like a programmed like conquering virus where like the virus sort of turned them into like alien style aliens sort of with like a queen and whatever else. But it was like Hmm. something that you could like, you could like drop say like a a spore or something onto a planet and it would make like spread the zombie virus. But then it also would like create a hierarchy of zombies with like king zombies and and whatever else. And like, and then you could like make like a, a functioning army instead of just shambling Hordes. Right. That was my that was my take was that it was like a deliver an a, a virus that was like delivered here, or whatever. Anyway, I, you know I don't I don't know if everything I don't know if we talked about this movie already. We didn't really actually. Think, we talked I, yeah, about I, it when I, yeah. I dodged it. Yeah. The um like I didn't like everything in it, but I think it was mm-hmm. kind of brave for him to make a call as to what they are and just like go with it. And the same thing with his like really the little like narrow range focus that was that yeah. was that what he used in like every shot like it didn't always work but good on him for fucking trying something interesting i read can an interesting article of, can you think of other zombie stuff where they actually tell you what it is like there's night of the living dead where it's the military project Ooh, right well no the night of the living dead is i don't know you're thinking of uh, return of the living dead return of the living yeah. dead. return of the living yeah. dead is yeah it's some more kind cops. of yeah, send more cops, send more paramedics. Night of the yeah. Living Dead, like the classic Romero zombies, the only explanation given is like when hell is full, the dead will walk the earth. That's it. Do, it do they even for... say that in the movie or is it just in the in the promotional material or on the I poster or whatever? I think there's like in Night, I don't, I don't think that... there's I don't think there's anything in Night. Nope. Maybe there's like a preacher on TV at one point that like says it in day. Hell is, is day full. In the military? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's it. But it's like he's portrayed as a crazy person. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but I'm like, but that's I like mean, that's not any good reason for it. Like they don't show it on screen. Exactly, exactly. It's like hinted yeah. at at the best. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And and yeah, even I mean, by even by Dawn uh, uh Land of the Dead, the, the 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 kind of the last one he did that was supposed to be sort of in the series. There's still no real explanation. They're just like, it's just something that happens. Yeah, I dropped off Walking Dead after like season four. I don't think they ever got to. Do they explain why it happened? I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't follow all the Walking Dead either. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah. The. I mean. The. Uh. Well, not strictly zombies, but it definitely belongs in the zombie genre. The 28 Days Later zombies was that was a doctor experiment, a military, yeah. a, a military experiment, uh, like weaponized virus gone wrong that yeah, got out. So is Resident Evil. Yeah. So is Resident Evil because Resident Evil also has like heavy mutation elements too, right? That's how you get yeah. with Nemesis and all that. It's funny how rarely it turns out to be voodoo, huh? Yeah, when it like when you know, it came like, from voodoo, oh, isn't it? Isn't that where it comes from? Kind of. <laughs> I saw yeah. one from the seventies that was definitely voodoo. Was it the Snake in the Rainbow movie? No, it wasn't the Serpent in the Rainbow. It was, it was great. It was way was dumber it, than that. Was it Zombie with one eye? Zombie. No, God, that was great. Zombie, zombie two was the one with with the with the shark scene and the yeah the, the, zombie shark eats a girl underwater. How do they figure that out in the seventies? Masterpiece was, of like, cinema. Yeah, yeah that, that's like a bunch of really creative people. Uh, but yeah, no. this, this movie this movie was so bad. The guy was a British guy who had gone to Haiti to learn voodoo and raised the dead to work in his mines to to like dig right. for copper. Mm-hmm. Except the zombies were mindless and useless and lazy, so he had to hire other people to whip them to mine. So, like, he couldn't find anyone to be an actual miner, but he could easily hire people to whip the living dead to mine the caves. I mean, mm. not for nothing. One of them seems way less backbreaking. <laughs> like, but like, how do you how do you post for that in the town? Some people might find that fun. I need <laughs> whipper men. Um, yeah, no, but Army of the Dead. So, yeah, I think. I watched it before watching Pitch Meeting because I was like, I need to give this an honest shot. I'm a mm-hmm. big zombie fan at heart. Yeah. Uh, even 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 if the, the, the genre is a little played out and whatever else, I was like, I need to not let uh, our, our our boy Ryan <laughs> tear it up through <laughs> Pitch Meeting, which I knew he would. And yeah. like, yeah, the the close focus thing, I agree with you in terms of uh, it being a choice. 
I know they obviously the Lampoon did a lot on pitch meeting. But one of the things that was really interesting that I was reading an article about why he and other they actually use sports have started doing it a lot. When they like when they show players on the sidelines or whatever, they do the super near focus thing. And also uh, UFC does it a lot when you see a guy coming out of the ring or whatever, they'll they'll do that super near focus. There's two mm-hmm. reasons. One is you can like you can jack the frame rate up really really high. And usually your brain kind of uh, like rejects super high frame rates. <laughs> like you're you're like you know that 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 it looks too real thing when the TV's on the wrong mode. That mm-hmm. can happen on really high frame rates where you're, that's what you're seeing because you're seeing everything, and that's not how your eyes see. Your eyes don't see the background in focus. Sure. So when you see everything in focus at a really high frame rate, you get that weird like this looks too real. So you can apparently like in that near focus thing, jack the frame rate up really, really high and do that. And also they're saying in terms of visual aesthetics, um, <clears throat> it is something that doesn't look like your phone. <laughs> it's because they were like, they're like, you watch phone videos now or whatever. And you're like, it's now something like a, a choice that the filmmakers have where they can do something with film and shooting that your phone can't really do without like some sort of a, a thing so you're like to kind of like disassociate yourself with most videos that you watch nowadays are shot on phone and have the background and the foreground in exactly the same focus that's what yeah. like that's okay. your standard interpretation of videos and that's like most of what you watch now is youtube videos or whatever news videos and all that so that's that so it's just like a cinematic choice which i, I guess it did it work all the time should it have been in every shot i don't know were there incredibly dumb things that happened in the movie? Absolutely. Absolutely. Was there foreshadowing that didn't pay off? Yep. This, oh, I hope. Look at all these mountains of zombies. Oh, like you don't want to be here when it rains. And does it rain later? No. I, I forget <laughs> the person who it was, but somebody was kicked out of, was like in the movie and then was kicked out halfway through filming. And I don't know if it was a Me Too thing or something like that, but he got Me Too'd. Right. So they cut him every one of his scenes and helicopter chick. I don't remember yeah. what she was. Kid Katara was literally in Kid none Kitaro. of the same shots with any of the other actors. She was added yeah. in after. So that's why all of her, the shots with her, she's like off in the distance or it cuts to her kind of weird because all of yeah. her stuff was filmed after and, and was filled in later. Probably to replace the Me Too guy. Exactly. Exactly. That's what yeah, I yeah, yeah. 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 Classic Snyder. Well, yeah, but, but yeah. So, but yeah, the, the mountain of dried up zombies and there never being a rain payoff was ridiculous because yeah. like it's, you, you set that up so good. And then I it's think the, the sequel, though. it's set up for the sequel. Oh my goodness. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, a sequel that wasn't greenlit until this came out though. Like, so he was just like, he's like, I'm Snyder, baby. It's money. <laughs> Like, they let me make movies someone else already made. <laughs> they, let do anything. And, they let me go back and make movies that already exist. Well, like a remake? No! <laughs> they give me all the footage and I get to recut it. And then I ask for a bunch of money and I'm going to hire Jared Leto and shoot him in black and white. <laughs> in his and defense, this thing was pretty fun. It was an absolutely fine zombie movie. And I yeah. will say, up until the point where they played zombie by cranberries why <laughs> why would they choose like what, the they zombies in the title that's a song about suffering during the, during the, Irish the, occupation during the troubles yeah exactly that, that that is not the like like when i was like oh, we're sitting out there watching it and then she was like i was like no no, you don't use this song in a real zombie yeah. movie. Let let alone a zombie movie that's like taking itself like fairly seriously, right? Like it's like it, it, there's jokes and it's funny and it's over the top. Don't get me wrong, but like it's still like you're like this is a zombie movie. There's real death stakes. You're supposed to care about these characters or whatever. You don't play cranberries zombie during an, a zombie film. It's not what the song is about, despite that they're saying zombie again and again. Yeah, Snyder wants to be like Tarantino with his music selections. You know, he like puts them front and center. You you know the song that he's playing. It's not subtle at all, and they're not they're not Tarantino. No, because Tarantino is an actual audiophile yeah. who has that giant record collection and be like, oh, you should listen to the song that no one else has, like Cranberries yeah. Zombies. <laughs> exactly, that's it. Like Paint by Numbers soundtrack. 
Oh my God, we're gonna have to. When Scott's gonna watch it, we're gonna talk about it again. We we do, do have a ten page episode about it, but no, but Suicide Squad, because Suicide yeah. Squad also has a great soundtrack. Oh yeah, like, yeah. and and like a well, little not, not for nothing, James Gunn kind of did really well with his he soundtrack did better. before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but this is so. But like he oh, was locking Guardians himself was... into an era in Guardians. He's kind of yeah. all over the place, where you're just sort of like, dude, like there's like a, a like a, a a Pixies record drop and like mm-hmm. of like uh, hey, is the song just called Hey? I think the song just might just be called Hey. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like that's like a you're like whoa, that's like here it comes, Hey uh, by the Pixies, and it's perfectly fitted in the film. <laughs> Keith, the Pixies makes me think of uh, Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, which makes me think of the crazy news that's coming out in AEW that we haven't talked about. We didn't even talk about it on the on on, on Garbage Time. We might have no. episode on Garbage Time. No. So we're gonna finish this off with some wrestling talk. Get ready. Did you see Darby's promo? Yeah. Darby's promo was the best. So let's hang on. We're gonna do a quiz. I'm gonna give you the highlights of Darby's promo. And then we'll see if John has any idea who it could be referring to. So Darby Allen is a little like 170 pound skater guy who has half face paint on, and uh, he's like an orphan, and he was in a car crash where his dad died. This is all real. That, this is like stuff that happened. Or no, that's no, real. that's okay. his real life. Uh, but okay. he incorporates it into his gimmick. Like he's like, I died, and like he did. Like his heart stopped legally when he was a little kid. He's like, I'm already half dead, and uh, he's also like a very talented skateboarder. Like could probably like have Paul, been like and a. You're the worst. No, it wasn't Paul. It was uh, the other one. Who? The boyfriend who, who has a, like a, a weird hang-up about having died as a baby. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yes, yes. The the uh, the wife. The husband of. Uh, yeah, the husband, yeah. the husband. Yeah. But anyway, says so that this guy's also like a good good skateboarder, or whatever, and he plays like the the total like anti-hero guy. Skateboards in, comes out to music that sounds like Alice in Chains, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Darby Allen. My dad hates him. Now my dad, I think, likes him though because he might be Kayfabe Sting's son. so anyway so he cuts this promo where he's like yeah i became like champion here but he's like the only reason i like became champion was because like i wanted to like face the best and i wanted to like beat the best he's like i didn't really care about the belt i just cared about having like the best like opposition in the world and he's like i don't care if you're the best wrestler like uh, in AEW. i don't care if you're the best wrestler in the indies he's like i don't care if you're the best in the world and the whole crowd pops and goes wild and so you have a look of uncertainty on your face and the next pay-per-view is in Chicago. Those two pieces of information. Can John figure this out? Who is he referring to? Who has signed with AEW? The best in the world from Chicago. Nope. CM Punk. Ooh. Yeah. CM Punk apparently pen to paper. Uh, it's clobbering time. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. First time going to be supposedly a full-time wrestling contract, like not just a one-off appearance. It'll be his first time wrestling since 2014. Well, other than these weird things that he's occasionally like popped up on hiding in hoodies and stuff on the indies. Yeah. Our, our boy CM had a little bit of trouble in the UFC world, if I recall correctly. Didn't but that really has work. very little to do with the pro wrestling world. <laughs> I mean, that's certainly true. He went 0-1-1 in UFC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But there, it was yeah. not a friendly O one and one. It was like a like a rough. Well, he went the, he went the distance on the on the, the no contest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. The, the first one against Mickey Gall was not a possible. Like it was not possible for him to win. Like mm-hmm. like the, like an up and coming guy half his age who has been training legit combat sports for fifteen years of his life, and he's nineteen. Who <laughs> had know? who had a, a vested interest from everyone in the locker room to send the pro wrestler packing. Yeah, so he's in like, his late 30s. This guy's 19 years old. Punk has been professionally training for two years at this point or whatever, compared to literally like a, more than a decade on Mickey Gals. So you're like younger, faster, and like just more trained. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, yeah, like there's, he could not win that fight. Like there was no, and there was no version of it where he would last a minute. Why did he take <laughs> it then? You know, I yeah. thought he could. He wanted to see if he could. Pretty much, Which, he, uh, like, and that's what he said even in interviews. He was like, "You mm-hmm. don't know until you get in there." And he, and a lot of people are even like, "Fair play, you got into there, knowing it wasn't wrestling, knowing it wasn't, knowing it, you were gonna get mauled." Like, he must have sparred obviously, and probably had his ass handed to him in mm-hmm. 
a thing. And now he's like getting in with like a kid who's like on the up. That is a lot of balls to just get sure. in there on, and just... on a pay-per-view that everyone is watching and waiting for you to get your ass handed to you. Yeah. We're, we're like the whole organization is just like, fuck this guy. Yep. But whatever. Yeah. But yeah, the, but pro wrestling though. He's very good at it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 He's very good at pro wrestling. He's very good on the mic. Um, that's, it's a big deal. Cody, uh, Cody kind of said it this week or last week, I should say, he's like, we're not an alternative, baby. We're competition. (laughs) Like they're getting there with those signings and apparently also signing Daniel Bryan. Right. Like that's the, uh, that's the other one is Daniel Bryan. And he's, he's going back to his ROH stuff, right? He's the American dragon, Bryan Danielson. Yep. It's going to be good. Yeah. Very, very weird. AW's been put... And they're hiring the old guys to do the right stuff, like Mark Henry and Big Show as commentators. Sting as Darby Allen's dad. He's wrestled one match and just kind of stands behind Darby Allen. Yeah, he got really <laughs> messed up in that one match. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Drive the Hardy, Hardy to... family office. Yep. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. The, Christian, did you... Christian feuding with Hardy. Just like, great. Don't mess with anyone else's pushes. Just come in there and, and have a fun feud. Have you been following the five? This is heading into garbage time talk. Uh, so tune switch. in in the garbage time while we talk about the five labors of Jericho. Yes. Yeah. This was 90s, everybody. Listen to our Fantasia episode. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. (laughs) 905.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.